Talk Too Much MMA episode Barry Bonds. This is Talk Too Much MMA episode 25. My name is Cena Palavon. I'm your host. It's another week and another dollar, of course. Um, and you know damn well that this was a very exciting weekend in MMA. Um, you know, recently this summer, this MMA game has been it's been a solid year, but it hasn't been the most exciting year for me in MMA. Some really good come up, some really good, you know, cards and fights. But 2013, I think, was the or 2014 was like I'll never forget that year of MMA. It was the best year of MMA I've ever watched in my life. And I just feel like the content nowadays. At that time, I thought it was the best. It was because that was when they first said, "Okay, we're going to do 42 shows a year." Right? It was the first time where they overloaded every weekend with shows. But this is the first year doing that, so they didn't know that they had to kind of. You know, spread the fighters out, so they stacked every show, and they put shows on every uh, weekend. And a lot of their fighters got injured, and they had to bail on a lot of fights because of that. But I'm gonna tell you one thing: that was a goddamn great year of fighting. Two years of fighting. Um, if I think that was the year Conor McGregor came up, that was the year Conor McGregor came up, and Ronda Rousey was still dominant. Um, I think Ronda Rousey fell off too at that time. That's when it got popping. And so this year has been better. It started getting better and better. You know, the John Jones uh, return is great. Um, and a lot of good things. Ooh, sorry about that. Ooh, sorry. A lot of good th things have happened this year. Um, but this fight that happened this past weekend was one fight that really caught my eye going into it. That was Joanna and Jacek versus Michelle Watterson. We haven't seen Joanna in the cage since she took that L to... Who did she take that L to? She beat t uh, Tessia Torres. I think it was Valentina, right? Yeah, she lost to Valentina in December. I don't know why my mind's blanking. But we haven't seen Joanna since. And Joanna's been, you know, she's one of my favorite fighters. She's my girl. I think she's the best female striker in the game. I think she's the best female boxer for sure in the game. Um, I would take her striking over any female strikers. Um, even Amanda Nunez and Valentina. I think their games are more well-rounded. That's why I would say they're better. But I don't think their striking's better than Joanna's. And my friends, you know... This fight, I also was very excited for, not just because of Joanna, because of Michelle Watterson, too. I love Michelle Waters, uh, Watterson. They call her the karate hottie. I love her kicks. Her front kicks are beautiful, you know, and she's a dog, and I love dogs. You know, she's there to get it. And going into this fight, I'm not going to lie to you also. She's very hot, too. She's sexy. Michelle Watterson's very sexy. I'm going to say that, you know, on camera, um, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say I have had the most experience with Asian women, but... She is a very beautiful Asian woman, and uh, for a fighter, you don't hear me saying that. So, you know, I'm going to root for her because she's a cutie. Uh, but going in, you know, honestly, we're going to talk about Joanna and Jaychik. Before I get into the analysis of this fight, let's talk about Joanna's fake titties. Like, first of all, she was like this Polish. You guys ever seen the cinnamon sticks uh, in the Apple Jacks commercials? Remember the cinnamon sticks in the Apple Yoanni and Jaychik reminds me of, like, the cinnamon. She was just so, like, lanky and weird, like a skeleton, you know, and she threw some fake yitties on there. Uh, wouldn't say that's the best idea, you know, but I guess it's more marketable. Uh, I really love her confidence, and she want to talk about a dog. She's a dog, but I really, like, love her self-confidence. And I guess she's, you know, honestly, as a business move, you're trying to brand yourself, you're a UFC fighter. You, you know what I mean? You don't have the sexual appeal a cocktail server does or anything as a female professional athlete, unless you're like in soccer or volleyball. I'm sorry to say it. 
females out there, feminists, I'm sorry, that's just the truth. I'm not saying I agree with it, but that's, that's just how society is. So you're trying to market yourself, you know, no one, it's not, it's hard to market a girl that's bloody and looks like a deformed skeleton. I'm so sorry, I'm not trying to be rude. That's just, you know, she was in, in after you see a picture of you and Jade Chick after she just got done with a five round war with Valentina, I'm not gonna sit here and say she's the most attractive thing on the planet. But with that being said, you're trying to market yourself? She got fake Yiddies on her. If she wins the belt back, let's not let's keep it real. Those fake Yiddies are definitely going to help herself help her market herself a lot more, right? Right? So now I don't know how it's going to work in the cage. Like if I was fighting a girl with fake titties and I was a girl, I would for sure punch one of the fake titties just to see what happens. But I really don't know. She was like she strapped him up tight, kept him close. I felt I thought it was really uncomfortable. I was like, "Jesus, Joanna, like relax um there's no need for those fake titties but i'm not a complainer i was just finding it like how is it going to work in mma for a female fighter because that's a question i've always asked myself how would a girl fight with fake titties or big titties um so yeah so, sorry sorry it's just really like just a, a topic I, when i saw that i was like mind blown nonetheless the fake titties did not slow her down whatsoever because she pieced up michelle waterson both of these women are dogs both of them went and got after it what i love about michelle Witters, uh, waterson is when she was getting pieced up, she was smiling at Joanna, getting pieced up, saying like, nah, that didn't hurt. Like, yeah, let's run it. Let's keep it going. And, you know, Joanna got mad and frustrated and kept throwing more and more. Joanna connected a lot, man. You want to talk about a volume puncher? Who is Joanna Janchechik? She reminds me of Max Holloway. She goes, she her combinations are faster and, and, and more in bulk. They're faster and you see more of them, but they're kind of the same fighter. Uh, Max is a little bit more rhythmic as Joanne is like, hey, hey, uh, but uh, Max is more smooth and rhythmic with it, but their fighting styles are very similar. Joanna uh, and Jacek pieced up Michelle Watterson and won via unanimous decision. Uh, I love Michelle Watterson. She went for I, what I loved about Michelle in this fight it was in the third round. She, in a split second level change, took Joanna down and Joanna like tried rolling or something, gave up her back. And as she was getting up, Michelle had about one to two second time range to take that back. Boom, climbs up the back, sinks in the hook, connects the arms, connects the feet, and she suddenly has a rear. She's in position to finish the fight with a rear naked choke. Joanna instinctively put her chin down, guarded against it. I don't know how she got it. Was, she was in, a, in that position for about a minute. Uh, I think she rolled out of it like and secured top position at one point, maybe. Or she might, no, she picked up Michelle Watterson and, and then she like threw her off her kind of. Um, I thought Michelle could have, if Michelle had won that fight, I wouldn't even lie to you. I was kind of rooting for Michelle to pull off a comeback. If Michelle had won that fight, that would have been big for her career. Um, she just burst onto the scene like last year, really made a name for herself, especially in the UFC. She's 17 and six. And she called out Joanna hoping this is the girl. If you're not getting the title shot, she said, Joanna's the next fighter you want. But I think she asked for too much. I don't think she's ready right now. I think she needs a couple bit. A couple more years in the uh, UFC. She needs a little bit more experience in her belt. Joanna and Jacek, on the other hand, man, she's. It looks like she didn't miss a, a spot. She's back, um, and she her self confidence is the one thing I was scared. I didn't want it to waver, and it's back and it's there. I'm excited. I'm very excited. She looked very good. She found her range. She hit her combo. She was. She did not take any risks. But more, most importantly. First round was a little iffy. She was feeling her out, but second round she started getting comfortable. And third by third round she was in a rhythm, and she was just landing. She was throwing and landing. And Joanna, when she's throwing and landing, is one of the most dangerous fighters in the universe. 
Michelle Watterson couldn't get in her range. She couldn't fight because Joanna was just landing volume combos and, you know, breaking Michelle Watterson's rhythm. She's just not at that level yet. So, Joanna winning this fight. Oh, fuck. I dropped Matt Prater in fantasy and my partner's mad. Sorry, Gio. Um, so, Joanna and Jacek, what's next for her? I'm going to go ahead and say it. Wei Li Zhang. Yeah, we need that fight. We really need that fight. And I promise you one thing. I love Joanna. I'm going to get Wei Li Zhang in this fight. I'm going to go ahead and make an early prediction. Wei Li Zhang will beat Joanna because as good as Joanna is, there's one big flaw in her game. She has a mental block with the unknown. And most fighters do. You can't really blame them. But she does not throw and get comfortable like that right off the bat, like 99.9% .9 of fighters. Wei Li Zhang, though, like, she gets after it. Like, she will be in your face as soon as the bell rings. She's going to be throwing, looking to land, you know, offense. I just don't want, I don't think Joanna can afford for it to take one to two rounds to, for her to find her rhythm. You know what I mean? She needs to find a rhythm off the bat. She needs to have that confidence. She needs to throw, and she needs to not be afraid to get hit. But she needs to be careful, too, obviously. Wei Li's talented. I think Wei Li's going to win this fight. I really am high on Wei Li Zhang. Um, you tell me. You tell me. She looks phenomenal in every fight she's been in so far. Has she not? On the ground, standing up, ground and pound combinations, jiu-jitsu, whatever you want, every aspect of MMA... Wei Li Zhang looks very goddamn good as she is the champion. I do think she will beat Joanna. Uh, it's unfortunate to say Joanna will be a top three fighter in this division going forward. I'm sorry, man. For all you Joanna fans, I just... And I do think Michelle Watterson makes it back here and beats Joanna later on in life. But this is Joanna's time. As Joanna said in the interview, unfortunately, right now was her time. Because in the future when she fights Zhang, again, I just... I think it'll be a good fight. I could very well be wrong. It's going to be a close fight. They're very close fighters. Just that mental block. Like, Zhang's just more of a dog. So, I'm going to go Zhang. But uh, the co-main event... Oh, my God. The co-main event was Dan... Uh, not Dan Hook. It was Cron Gracie versus uh, Cub Swanson. This was a very big fight for me because, in my head, I want to see the hype behind Cron Gracie. You know, touted as one of the best jiu-jitsu practitioners to come to the UFC, right? I wanted to see how this one-dimensional fighter fares against modern UFC competition. Now, I get what you guys are saying, right? Habib, 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 he's a one-dimensional fighter. Yeah, he, but he's very athletic, and he's so good at that dimension, he could disguise it with other dimensions. Like, his wrestling's so good that you, if you, some, his opponent has to focus all his energy on defending the takedown, his attention won't be focused on the right overhand hook, like Connor when Connor got dropped against Habib. So, I was very excited to see Kron Gracie's 5-0 in MMA going into this fight. Unfortunately, Cub Swanson beat him via unanimous decision. So, I'm going to start off by saying this dude's a zombie, right? He just walked forward the whole fight. Didn't He just kept throwing, standing in the pocket. Um, very unpolished stand-up, very flat-footed, but he just kept going forward and forward, trying to get uh, initiate clinch and take him down. He couldn't do it. And I guess that just shows you Cub Swanson was very smart. He just picked and moved, picked his shots and moved. You want to stand and trade with me? Stand and trade with me. I'll beat you. And Cub Swanson got cut because they were just throwing so much, and this dude kept going forward. It was actually really admirable. But in the end, what happened? Cub's just superior game planning beat him. You cannot, you can't beat a top five, top three fighter as a one-dimensional fighter in this game. Great, you're a great, you know, black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. How are you going to submit your opponent? You know, he's a UFC athlete. 
You have to get him to the ground. I just don't get how you could be this good at jiu-jitsu and not work on your wrestling. You should have the confidence to be able to shoot for a single or a double. You want to take your opponent to the ground. You can't be that good at jiu-jitsu and not have a wrestling game in modern MMA. You know what I mean? That's just absurd to me. It really is. Uh, I just really, really love the way Cub Swanson picked his shots and moved. And it was one of my favorite fights of the night, to be honest, just because Cub Swanson and they just kept going at it. You know, Con Gracie did not back down. He is bad as he was getting hit in the face. He did not get knocked out and he kept going forward. I don't know how. I don't know how smart that was for his brain. He's definitely going to suffer severe brain trauma in the future. But this dude kept going forward. So, you know, I don't know how I have respect for his game. But I mean, like, you need to improve it. This goes back to the saying what I have this, you know, and you MMA is a little bit different, I guess, than any other sport because it's a newer sport. Like I'm I'm always with the modern guys in MMA. But in this case, you know, I'm more with Cub Swan. I'm more with the modern game, not the modern guy. In MMA's case, the game, the way the game's developed is different. Like, you cannot just be the most insane Brazilian jiu-jitsu practitioner in the world and compete in the UFC and expect to be a long-reigning champion or even a champion at that. Wrestling's different because wrestling's probably the best and most useful background you should have. But, I mean, if a guy like Kron Gracie, who's that good at jiu-jitsu, man, he needs to be able to get his guys on the ground because otherwise than that, though, his only hope is just walking forward and getting pieced the fuck up. And one time, he's just going to get dropped and cut up. Not to mention you don't want that type of damage in your fights. Like, that's not the type of fight you want to fight. You want to fight your fight. You want to fight a fight that you're where you're best at. You want to take your opponent to places where you're best at in deep waters for them. That was the ground for him. I just don't get how you're that good at jiu-jitsu. You place that much value on your jiu-jitsu game, and you don't know, and you're not a good wrestler. You tried to initiate clinch. Not one time was he, su was he successfully, um, did he successfully initiate a clinch. And now, and when he did, if he did, he didn't do shit with it. So, like, where is my standing on Kron Gracie? I think he's good. I think he's gonna be a fighter. I'm gonna be excited to watch. You know, his, but he needs to he needs to develop. He needs to evolve as a fighter. He needs a lot of other areas of his game to get better, because he cannot just rely on jujitsu in the modern age. Um, congrats to Cup Swanson. Didn't care to see him win. I actually was rooting for Kron Gracie, so I'm mad. But congrats, Cup. You know, you're a vet in the game. It was a good, nice little co-main event on the fight night. Uh, but another main thing I want to talk about today is drama. Drama. Y'all know I love drama. And what is better drama than John Jones drama in MMA? Uh, you know I love me some John Jones drama. And John Jones right now is not a happy camper. You could tell his ego has been a little bit bruised with this Israel Adesanya um, title win. Apparently, these people now, their critics are touting Israel as the guy in the UFC, the next guy on the come up, but the guy right now. John is not having that. John is not having that. Um, John Jones, man, in my opinion, is the GOAT, the greatest fighter to ever live, but he is immature as hell, man. You know, a guy like Israel on this come up, like, why are you hating? Like, let the man get his. Like, what does it matter? What does it matter if Israel's nice? Like, let him get his. You know, it's very selfish of him, you know, to try and stop someone else's star from shining. Um, while I do think he is the best fighter and I do think they will fight, I think Israel's out of his mind. I think he's going to get the shit beaten out of him. You cannot handle that level of a grappler that, that's that's bigger than you and longer than you and more talented than you, to be honest, everywhere. And to be honest with you, I think John Jones would kick with Izzy. I think he would stand up with him. Um, 
do I think he would win? I don't know. That's interesting. But I think he try. he's like this type of psychological beast where he tries to beat their opponents where they're best at. And I think he would try and kickbox Izzy and knock him out. And I think if it wouldn't work, he would just take him down and dominate him. He just has more ways to win that fight. With that being said, that's known to pretty much everybody. His ego is bruised. Him calling uh, Israel Adesanya a bitch on Twitter, a guy on the come up, you know, like maybe Jones is two years older than him, but they're both, you know, you know, Jones is on the, I'm not going to say back end because he's that good, but like he's the first half of his career is over, folks. You know, Izzy's on the first half, ending the first half of his career because he's fairly old. But, you know, Izzy's still at the front end of his career. So they're at just different places in their careers. So I just don't know. Like, I get Jones's frustrations. I get where he's coming from. You know, he's immature. He is jealous. You know, his ego has been bruised. But you just cannot be looking like if you're going to talk your shit, talk your shit. You know, you're my favorite fighter in the world, bro. Talk your shit. But, like, make it sound good. Like, it just sounds like you're hating. Don't give us all these reasons. All this shit. Just stop talking like that. Just be like, I'm better than him. Look at look at your resume, bro. Stop saying calling him a bitch. I like you look so bad on Twitter, and he's just not. He's smart with it. He's quick witted, and he's firing back. You know, making himself look better. Aaron Rodgers just got another touchdowns. Nice. I'm starting him in fantasy, but you know what I mean. What was I saying? John Jones, and I do think, as I said, he's my prediction to beat Israel. But Israel's the best middleweight on the planet. Israel can beat, I want to see him fight Costa, but I think he's going to wipe out every middleweight there is, and uh, I don't think anybody's at that level with as him right now, so I do think at one point, they could be the one and two in the world, and I think that would be the biggest MMA fight of all time, it would be, it'd be better than Conor Habib, if they marketed right, but honestly, Conor's star was so bright at the time, um, speaking of Conor McGregor, man, Conor versus Gaethje, like I called, you know, just be ready for that in case it gets announced. Or Connor versus the winner of Nate Diaz, Jorge Masvidal is my personal prediction. Or it was one of the two. One of the two. I think it's more of the second one, but we'll see. Just be on be on alert for the uh, Connor fight announcement. And then the next thing I want to talk about is this weekend. Uh, we were just coming talking about John Jones. Well, this weekend there's a fight night, and Chris Weidman is moving up to two o five to fight Dominic Reyes, who is a surging star at that division who might get a title shot soon so i'm assuming the winner of this might get a title shot versus john jones chris weidman said he could skip the division if he wins and get a title shot he believes he's there he's ready he's done enough in his career john jones said chris weidman i will beat the shit out of you you do not want this bro chris weidman please stay at home please stay at home John Jones, stop fighting middleweights, bro. Izzy's your guy. I mean, I guess you could throw Weidman on there to throw, you know, an accomplished fighter. But, like, let's please fight some light heavyweights, some more heavyweights and more light heavyweights. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I love you adding these wins to your record, and Izzy definitely counts. I guess Chris Weidman would, but that Chris Weidman's an easy fight for you. You know, Dominic Reyes is a harder fight. Um, who do I got winning this fight? Dominic Reyes. As good as Chris Weidman is, Dominic Reyes is a stud. And I'm very – I think Chris Weidman's been overhyped. I think he's had a really good career, but I'm not going to lie to you. I think he's been overhyped. I think the Anderson wins definitely, you know, promoted himself, marketed himself, branded himself a lot more than he should have. Um, and he did beat, you know, he beat Vitor Belfort. He beat Lyoto Machida. He was on top for a minute. I don't know if he was on PDs. I think he might have been, to be honest, because as soon as he got off, he looked a little bit more frail. I don't know if he's going to beat Dominic uh, Reyes, to be honest with you guys. 
I don't I don't see him beating Dominic Reyes, and I don't see him beating anybody. Like you guys are taking Chris Weidman over Johnny Walker. Ooh, I don't know about that. Yeah, that's not a good fight for him. I don't think it's a good fight for John Jones. I don't want to see Johnny Walker versus John Jones. Unfortunately, we will. I'm praying to God Corey Anderson beats the fuck out of Johnny Walker this weekend. Or not this weekend. Well, with the Nate Diaz Jorge Masvidal card. That's gonna be a very good fight. You know, who do get who gets the contender bout? The winner of Weidman and Reyes or the winner of Johnny Walker, Corey Anderson. So we will see. I'm very nervous. I'm very excited because there's a lot of light heavyweights for John Jones to clean up, clean out. But he could also be moving back up to heavyweight. Um, but I do think that DC and Stipe will have their trilogy. I hope DC wins and I hope he tries to retire, says his whole retirement thing, and John Jones calls him out and they fight a third time. I really hope that happens. I don't think it will. But, man, would it not be historic if it did? Um, you guys, I'm very excited to see this Dominic Reyes-Chris Weidman fight, though, getting back to the matter at hand. Just because this is Chris Weidman's debut at light heavyweight, and he's been talking that shit to John Jones. I want to see what he's made of. I want to see how he competes at this level because he has a weak chin, right? He's a great wrestler, but he has a weak chin. Is he going to be able to wrestle against these bigger guys who are pretty close in explosiveness to middleweights? Like, Johnny Walker's actually probably more explosive than every middleweight but Yoel Romero. He might be more explosive than Yoel Romero, though. So, like, where do I see Weidman? I just see him fighting a bunch of bigger dudes that are damn near as fast and more powerful. And he has a weak chin. I think he's going to do incredibly poorly at this division. I think this was an awful move for him, just as it was for Luke Rockhold. Crazy as it sounds, I like Luke Rockhold more than Weidman. <laughs> I do. Um, I don't see him winning this fight. And if he wins this fight, I hope he fights John Jones. I want him to, actually. Because I want to see him get his ass whooped by John Jones because I don't know what he's doing. He's in over his head here. Uh, he's a wrestler. Striking is very unpolished. Obviously, we know Chris Weidman. You know, he's a vet. We know his game. So I just don't know why we're entertaining this idea. And I don't know how he's deserving, if he wins this fight, to skip guys like Corey Anderson, Johnny Walker, Tiago Santos. Why should he skip these guys? Gustafson. What? If he wins this fight, I want to see him fight Gus. Then we can talk about a title shot, you know? So... Yeah, a lot of interesting things that happened last weekend in MMA. I'm very excited for this Dominic Reyes-Chris Weidman fight. It might get us a clearer picture of the contender series, uh, contender bout for John Jones. On the other hand, John Jones needs to chill the fuck out. Stop acting like a little kid on social media, just like our president. Not to throw shade. I don't mind it. It's dope. It's entertaining. It just it puts you in a certain picture. It puts you in like a subordinate image. You look like a, a beta. You know what I mean? Like, he looks like Izzy's getting the better of him in these exchange, mental exchanges. And, you know, I always favor the intelligent one in any situation in life. Intellect rules over everything. Knowledge, right? Knowledge is power. Not to sound corny. But, honestly, before I close the show, um, as you guys know, I really want to talk about my upcoming uh, show with JD, uh, Rolling 7 CEO. Um, we're coming together and we're going to put out Talk Too Much Hoops. Uh, we're going to create probably what we think. I'm going to be, be very straight up with all of you guys. I want to put out within two years the best basketball podcast in the universe. Whether it gets there or not, that's just my mindset. And that's his too. Um, you see online, like there's no really like, for example, Joe Rogan, right? You want to listen to a very entertaining podcast or Luke Thomas in MMA or Ariel Hawani in MMA. These shows are go-to shows that you want to listen to for hoops, right? Or for MMA. For basketball, you hear first take 
Undisputed, all these shows in the morning, but none of them are specifically targeted to, to basketball. This is going to be the most insane MMA season or NBA season of all time, right? I've never been so excited for an NBA season. We just, there's no, there's never been this many random variables in the modern era of, era of basketball. There are so many random variables, it's insane. And that's why I'm very excited for it. And that's why I was very looking forward to put out a basketball podcast. But to be honest with you guys, basketball is my love. It's JD's love too. It's our favorite sport. And he was a football player in college, in high school and college. <laughs> he played football. And our real, our internal passion is basketball. We can watch basketball 24-7 if you feed us and give us enough finances to support ourselves. I'm fine from just going to the bathroom, back on the couch, watching basketball and letting my life rot. If I have the money to. As bad as that sounds, that is how much I love this sport. And I guess that's not true because I decide to get up off my ass and start this Hoops podcast. But we want to create the best go-to Hoops podcast for you guys. We don't want to create a scripted, you know, show like First Take or, you know, Undisputed. We want to create a genuine, authentic, entertaining, argumentative, aggressive, real, great coverage and most important, I said this already, genuine basketball show, a go-to show that maybe in a couple years, it will be the show everybody when they wake up or when they the week's over and they want to know about the weekend, they want analysis on basketball, predictions, whatever it may be, to, you know, just dope conversation about the sport, they're going to go to talk too much hoops. Because, you know, my main motto is if I'm going to do this, I'm not going to do this like everyone else, right? I'm going to do this differently from everybody else. And, you know, I don't really think you guys can find an editor like JD in, Ve in Vegas. You, I, don't, I really don't think you can. And if you can, I don't think anybody has the ideas he does. Um, and I don't think anybody has the ideas I do. So if we mix this creativity and our love for basketball, you know, who knows? And I'm not, I'm not, sorry, I got another text. I'm not really going to make any predictions, but I'll tell you guys this. We love basketball and we don't care about numbers or anything. We're just excited to talk about it. That is it. And, you know, we're coming at, at this game in two different, you know, two different mindsets. And Sacha's going to be helping us, too. We're going to have a lot of guests on, the sh on our show. It's going to be a blast. It's going to be entertaining. It's debuting this week. Okay? It's debuting this Friday. The NBA season is starting next week. And you will be hearing of, I know what you guys are thinking, right? Another one show a week. It's not just a show a week. You're going to want to follow us on TikTok, Twitter, Instagram. Instagram, you're going to see all our little clips. If you guys don't have time to watch the show, you're going to see it on Instagram. Twitter, you're going to hear us talking shit. You're going to hear us talking. That's where our voices are. You better follow us on Twitter. That's where our voices are. And TikTok, I'm going to give you, JD's going to give you a bet of the day or, or a player of the game where we haven't decided yet. I'm thinking more so a game of the day to watch out for or a headline of the day. On TikTok, every day I'm going to do, okay, for example, this Rockets-Warriors game's big tonight. I want to see this Harden-Westbrook duo go up against the, you know, the best dynasty of the modern era. So just, you know, examples like that. But I cannot stress how excited we are for this. I've started this podcasting idea with this show as my end goal. I wanted to start off with MMA. I wanted to go into fantasy football because I'm a fantasy guru. I love fantasy. But, you know, as I'm here at this point, I'm not lying to you guys. I really love basketball and I could, I'm not going to lie. My, my energy, my passion is really starting to go towards this NBA thing, this NBA podcast we're trying to do. And so I'm very excited to put that out for you guys. Sorry for talking about it a little bit too much, but I'm very excited for put, uh, to put that out for you guys. Um, we're going to give you preseason awards, predictions, 
week-to-week coverage, game-by-game analysis, game-live reactions, infinite number of opinions, outrageous opinions you guys can comment on, talk shit on, whatever it is. Nine months a year. Nine months a year. That's NBA season? Yeah, yeah. So we're very excited. We think, you know, if you guys want to, I'm not trying to throw shade, but if you wanted that go-to show, go on YouTube, look up House of uh, Hoops, right, JD? What's the one we just talked about? House of Highlights. There's a show. They have four people doing this show. They're sitting at a war room. You know, if that's the that's getting 150,000, 200,000 views, you know what I mean? I'm not trying to hate. I love respect everybody in this game. But, you know, we have higher expectations, higher standards than that. And, you know, we're very excited for you guys and we're very excited to show you guys. We're trying to get dope guests too. We're very excited to show it, you know, to have these dope guests on and talk about basketball as well. Um so with that being said, talk too much hoops on Friday. You're going to get your talk too much fantasy football. My rankings are back this week. I'm sorry I've been on a two-week hiatus. Not to make excuses. They will be back. It's been a little bit of a weird two weeks. I didn't have time to do the rankings. Um, but my rankings will be back, and I'll post my weekly waiver wires back too. I've been on a two-week hiatus with that. I'm not happy about it. I do apologize to you guys. You know, this isn't my only life, and this is not the only thing I do in life. Mind you guys, I have a very busy life outside of this, so give me some slack, but our rankings are back, our weekly waiver wires are back, and most importantly, I'm laying my nuts on the table for this goddamn podcast. Talk Too Much Fucking Hoops is coming on Friday, produced by Rolling Sevens. It's another week, another dollar. My name is Cena Palavon. I'll see you guys later.